Well, with your stockings already hung by the chimney with care, Save My Nostalgia is bringing you one giant dose of Christmas time Yule right here on the Save My Nostalgia podcast because what better time as we are breaking down each and every Save by the Bell episode to bring you Home for Christmas, part one and two, and we're doing it all in this one episode. We are going to be joined by none other than Stephen Mendel in this episode. He played um, the dad, Frank Benton, uh, in this episode, the uh, homeless man that the gang meet in the mall. But no, around this time of year, it's just sort of a good idea to go back and, and watch this magical two-part episode of Saved by the Bell. I mean, it just you know, gives you all the feels, and now going back, looking at the fact that it aired um, December 7th, 1990, 29 years ago, ah, to revisit this is just going to be a magic trip down memory lane, is it not? It really is. I mean, you're talking about significant moments and say by the bell, we've covered so many things, but it all takes place in the school. This time they're in a mall. They're in, we get to go into Zach's house and yeah, we're in his bedroom a lot, but this time we're in his living room. That's where the show starts off. Uh, just Zach in his house in his living room. It's really the first time we're there. And so uh, it's different different uh, sets that we get to see so that's interesting and of course we are so excited to welcome on Stephen Mendel Frank Benton who played the homeless man Laura's father in the episode and uh, we're so excited to have him on go through this what his feelings were being on the show and uh, who knows maybe we can get a scene out of him well I, I like the way this episode opens with uh, images of holiday cheer um, including Zach stalking which is hung it's funny Zach being an only child you get that little detail of uh, the stockings are just just Zach. Zach Morris <laughs> acts like kind of like an only child a lot of the time, and and he certainly is. Uh, he just got two weeks off from school, and that was his best Christmas present. You gotta love it. The gang's already coming over. They are all just immersing in the in the holiday wonderment together. Uh, Mrs. Morris, played by Melody Rogers, has has baked gingerbread cookies, and you just it's a good way to set this whole thing up. He just puts you right in the holiday mood because this is the very first time Say by the Bell has attempted any sort of holiday episode of, it, of any kind so we, we get a christmas special here and it's off to a good start some great imagery here it is in the gang they all get jobs trying to make a little extra money buy some gifts uh for their families their friends um although they don't need to get zach something you already mentioned he got what he wanted mr belding gave it to him the school board did the two weeks off for christmas so uh sans gifts for zach but everyone else they need some money to get some gifts for kelly's gonna work at mr moody's uh, men's store and uh, Slater's going to be doing gift wrap for some odd reason. Uh, he says, don't worry to Miss Morris. Uh, he's good at everything he does. And uh, Zach jumps in with a great line, says, not according to the women I talk to. And uh, <laughs> that's a nice burn, and everyone's just uh, all over Slater. And uh, Slater's that doesn't happen to me very often, just someone burning me like that. Uh, but Slater's going to be making a giant sum of $4 an hour. Uh, that this kind of tells you the kind of dates the show, but even $4 an hour back in the nineties is probably minuscule to that point. Well, he's a disaster wrapping gifts and he's called a klutz. Um, the woman, he, he drops a woman's, um, bag of, uh, box of glasses that she had bought and, uh, she's choking him. She actually has him <laughs> by the, by his tie and is choking him, um, and threatening him to, uh, and he has, he, uh, hands over the money that, uh, Zach, I just think that was a it's a really funny scene because Zach has to like help him get his wallet out to give her the money to to give her for the glasses. These are the only glasses in the mall, she says angrily. She's choking Slater, trying to kill him for breaking these glasses. And it just shows how Slater's a disaster at, at this rapping thing. Um, but uh, he says that's where he says something like he's making four dollars an hour to, and, and spending 40 so we're yeah. off <laughs> to a auspicious start here as the most of the gang here working at the mall and just kind of sets up though the mall as uh, sort of the um setting for what this uh, episode is going to be 
It really does. Jesse working with kids, taking Christmas photos. Uh, Mrs. Morris said she didn't think Jesse liked kids. And Jesse informs her, well, yeah, I don't, but I like $8 an hour. So she's making twice what uh, Slater's making. She doesn't like kids, but she's willing to do it for uh, the $8 an hour. Lisa volunteering at the hospital, of course. Uh, her mom works there. So, of course, she's going to be a candy striper there. And uh, so she's going to be spending a holiday with the kids to cheer them up who can't be home for Christmas. That kind of gives you a warm, feel-good uh, thing about it. And she's not uh, working there for money. She's volunteering her time. So that kind of lends to the the Christmas spirit of the episode. And then uh, Zach bumps into Laura in uh, in the mall. And then Frank and uh, in the bathroom. And he leaves some money there uh, in the payphone slot after uh, Frank had already checked him. And uh, he says... Uh, that Zach tells him, hey, you might want to check again. Uh, I th- think there's some money in there. And Frank's like, no, there isn't. And he goes back and finds the money, and he's like, uh, Merry Christmas. And it, it's another feel-good moment, along with Lisa being a candy striper at the hospital. Yeah, and we're going to talk to Stephen Mendel about that, um, just playing the part of this homeless man and just sort of the really warm feelings you get when you meet him. He's obviously uh, not a typical homeless person. He's down on his luck, and he's you know in the mall just trying to shave. And uh, just has this touching little moment with uh, Screech and Zach. Uh, you talked about um, Zach bumping into Laura. I have in my notes, Zach bumps into a very average looking girl in the mall. Uh, because <laughs> I, I don't know that Jennifer McComb, who plays the part of Laura, was quite up to standards. I mean, Zach's been dating Kelly. And now he's he's smitten with this very average girl that we're, is going to turn out to be homeless. I'm not trying to whatsoever come off as superficial but it just she didn't quite seem like a girl zach would be pining after you're a chauvinistic pig as jesse would say (laughs) yes you're welcome yeah i get what you're saying um after dating kelly i mean you really could bump into anyone i I don't know just there there's there's not many that uh can live up to kelly's standards that uh, they put there in the show so uh once it doesn't work out with kelly and now he's here uh, and hitting on Laura, yeah, you're wondering uh, what's going on. Like, because he doesn't know anything about her, so it's not like, oh, he really fell in love with her personality. Like, no, he bumps into her and immediately is like, I've got to meet that girl. Like, and then she just doesn't give the feeling of like bumping into her first sight. I've got to meet that girl. I've got to go out with her, whatever it takes. And and so I get what you're saying there. Um, Zach finds her to ask her out later on. I mean, we've talked about bumping into her, and then he finds her uh, to ask her out. But he puts Frank down, not knowing that that's her father, uh, wondering and if his handout will go to booze. <laughs> and I just thought that was just kind of an over the top, but it goes to the stereotype that most people have. So it it kind of felt like the times. That's what a lot of people, the stereotype that they had and probably still have about the homeless, wondering where your money's going to go, if it's going to go to the right place and uh, for them to get clothes or uh, a place to sleep or if it's just going to booze. And of course, Laura... Uh, just can't stomach it. She says she's just lost her appetite and runs away. And Zach's wondering what go, what's going on because he doesn't know. He just insulted her father and her as a homeless person. Well, she's very apprehensive for such a very average looking girl. Again, you've got Zach, who's the king of Bayside High School, uh, one of the more popular guys you know you'll ever meet. Uh, he and Slater are kings of the school by this point, and and he's single. He's on the he's on the make, and Laura is very apprehensive. I mean. Just because uh, Zach makes that comment, I mean, she probably has no idea that she's he's even talking about her dad necessarily. So kind of a strange moment. Laura is apprehensive to even give Zach a chance. Kelly's got to talk her into it. 
Meanwhile, if I'm Zach, I'm just going, I'm just asking Kelly back out. This is ridiculous. Like, too, too <laughs> well, much Slater work. tells Laura to give Zach a break, even after Zach's awful comment at the beginning. And uh, Laura says uh, Screech is a good friend after Screech going to bat for Zach. Uh, but then after Screech hears a compliment from Laura, he's like, maybe I have a chance. And he quickly jumps in to ask her out, undercutting Zach. It was great. I, I love that part. <laughs> well, after much conjoling, she decides to go ahead and eat with Zach. And uh, Zach takes her to meet with Santa. A uh, cool moment. Of course, Jesse's running the photo booth there as one of Santa's elves. And a little moment that I always liked this part. She whispers something in Santa's ear that we can't make out. We don't know what she said to him, but Santa's obviously taken aback by it. And he looks up to Jesse and Zach and kind of waves them off uh, as far as trying to have her pay for meeting Santa. So you're, you get the hint that something's up and something is maybe wrong in Laura's life. And that we just don't know what it is yet. Well, yeah, and uh, just to go off the rails here a little bit, because we like to do that uh, sometimes on Save by Nostalgia, about the mall Santa. Can I just say that while a very small side character, uh, Santa, he's got the voice, he's got the look, he's got it all. And just I've heard of people, even myself, taking a dog to PetSmart, Petco, wherever you want to go. And they have Santas there where you can get your picture, your dog's picture with Santa Claus. And they are the worst Santas I have ever seen in my life. Just the creepiest guy. Slap a $2 homemade Santa suit on him. And you're supposed to pay, shell out like 20 bucks for a picture of your dog with Santa. Just horrible, horrible, horrible. And I did that before I watched this episode again. And then I watched this and I'm like, that's how it should be. That Santa's great. And what Petco and PetSmart have are just the bottom of the barrel. So that's my <laughs> little rant. Wow, that uh, that sounds like... um. That sounds like a, a Twilight Zone episode called Night of the Meek uh, right there. I, I'm going to have to go back and watch that, too. We'll have to review that episode next Christmas. We don't have time. Yes. Uh, it's, it's too vastly approaching now. Um, but uh, we kind of get to the meat of the of the episode here because the homeless man that they met earlier uh, named Frank is found passed out in the mall after helping Slater wrap a present. It's another wonderfully acted moment by Stephen Mendel in this part. He's just being so warm and kind and helping Sl Slater uh, wrap his present, and then uh, Slater gives him some of the paper as well to to, to help him wrap his presents. So uh, people are so very oddly just gathered around, watching this man passed out like he could be dead, heart attack, and people are just looking, staring as he's just motionless and unconscious. Very strange. And it's up to Zach and Slater, two high school kids, to resuscitate him. They like <laughs> somehow know what they're doing and like actually do like a resuscitation maneuver. Yes, high school kids are being thrust into this situation and counted on while uh, middle-aged old people uh, stand around as lucky-loos, as we like to call them. And Screech is forced to go call 911. No one else has run to go call 911. No one else is bending down, uh, elevating his head, uh, propping his neck up or anything. They're just standing around being lucky-loos and uh, wondering what's gone on with this man. Is anyone going to help? It's surely not going to be me. And so we have to count on Slater and Zach to come in and save the day. And they do, and it's a, it's a cool moment in the kind of the um, episode. Uh, after Frank is kind of taken away, he's, uh, you know, taken to the hospital. Uh, we see the gang visit uh, Lisa and the children at the hospital. Um, they, the gang shows up with Screech as Rudolph, uh, Zach as Santa, Kelly as Mrs. Claus, and Slater as a random elf. They hand out <laughs> gifts to the sick children, and uh, they make it snow inside. After this cute little boy says, it never snows in Los Angeles. Uh, the snow is coming down. It's a cool moment. They're singing uh, Jingle Bells. 
I just love this moment because it's like you get this really, I don't know, this moment where the, these kids that are obviously sick and in the hospital and they're getting getting gifts and they're all they're playing with the gifts with the the gang and I've used this picture as like my Facebook cover photo for like the last twelve Christmases <laughs> of uh, <laughs> Screeches Rudolph and the, the gang all behind. It's just a really cool moment with the kids and it's snowing and they're all very just a very you know good moment once again. It is, and you need that in this episode where they're kind of running around. They've all got these jobs. Uh, Zach is going after Laura. Uh, we're meeting this homeless man, Frank, and now he's collapsed in the mall, and uh, he's in the hospital uh, for Christmas. And uh, But then you get back to the kids, the feel-good moments, Lisa volunteering, the gang uh, coming out and volunteering their time to dress up uh, as Santa and his reindeer and, and deliver these presents to the kids. So it, it delivers that warm, feel-good moment that uh, every Christmas episode on a television series really ne- needs to have, and that delivers here. But then the gang, they want to go find... Frank, the homeless man that uh, passed out in the hospital, Slater and Zach help resuscitate him. They want to go to his room and and just kind of check in on him and see how he's doing. Uh, And they walk into the room, and this is kind of where the uh, first part of uh, the episode, uh, the two-parter episodes end with them opening up the door, and Zach sees Laura by his bedside, and then we figure out that uh, Frank is Laura's father, and uh, Zach is interested in wanting to date a homeless girl. I always thought that um, you know the, the first part of this um, two-part episode is was was really good, really well done. I once once we get into kind of part two here, uh, we're going to learn that at least in my opinion, this should have just been one episode. It's it's really gets long and drawn out, and some some things just kind of don't come together for me as much in, in the second part. But um, as we wrap up there, you know, really good stuff to see a Christmas episode from Saved by the Bell. Really cool. And they, they did a good job with it, um, setting up this, um, you know, romance with Zach and the, this homeless man that they've now befriended. And now they're they're trying to help him out. They uh, give him some cookies from Santa. And uh, he's just said that's just what the doctor ordered. Um, there is a really awkward moment as we open the second part where Zach and his mom try to talk about Laura and Frank being homeless and it's just, <laughs> I mean, I, you must know what I mean. Like you, you might, you, what was your thoughts? on It was just kind of an awkward moment to me. Yeah, I mean, we've got them talking about how they uh, love meeting different kinds of people. Uh, and uh, Obviously, they're talking about homeless people. And Stephen Mendel, uh, as Frank Benton comes in and says, uh, well, you mean you've never known any homeless people before? And then, then Zach jumps in. And uh, I think that we all could have done without this line. Zach says, no, uh, we mean uh, people with big appetites who pass out in malls. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just what in the world is that? You know what? We can't do this anymore, Justice. We're going to have to bring on our guest, Stephen Mendel, to talk about this. And uh, maybe, if we're lucky, he will re-recite that line and we'll get this right. Because it's one of the more odd lines you'll ever hear in a show. It, it makes me laugh every time, even though it's not really supposed to be funny. But let's get to our interview with Stephen Mendel, who plays Frank Benton here on Say by the Bell, Home for Christmas, Parts 1 and 2. Hey, how are you today? Hey, Stephen, we are great. It's great to hear from you. Clinton Noah here from Save on Nostalgia. How's everything going, my friend? Happy uh, early Christmas, yeah. I guess. Well, like I like to say, is happy Hanukkah Christa Kwanzaa Nuka Mass year. We cover- <laughs> there you works. go. That helps. That covers all of us here. That covers everything, I think. That's great. I, I, yeah, I don't think I missed anything. I don't think I missed anything. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Stephen, it's just, it's great to have you on. This is a perfect 
as we are heading into the Christmas season, as we are talking about um, not only the, the tremendous career that you've had, certainly before Saved by the Bell and after, but this iconic mm-hmm. two episode you did for a show 29 years ago, people are still talking about it to this day. Is that a little shocking? Oh, my why? God. Oh, my God. I can't, you know, I, I, I knew it was a while back, but I, I didn't do the math. 29 years. Well, that's a, that's a good chunk of time. It certainly is. You know, I still remember it quite vividly. I, I, really? There were certain things about it that I remembered. Um, I, I remember number one is I, I learned, now I can't remember, I learned to play something on the piano. Now, I'm not a piano player. I'm a guitar player. But they, in the original script, they gave me something to learn, and I learned it on the piano which was not, which was a challenge. So, but when I got there, they said, oh, well, we can't get clearance for whatever that was. So we're going to do whatever we did on the show. And um, I didn't have time to learn how to play it on the piano. So I faked it. I I remember (laughs) that vividly, vividly. And, and and there was one other thing. I mean, look, everybody on that show uh, that I worked with was fun and welcoming and friendly. I'm talking all of them. I mean, uh, 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 Mark Paul and Mario and uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and Dustin, they were all, they were all great. We had a good time, but they shot the show on a sound stage in, we shot it in uh, uh, Burbank. If my memory is serving me big, big sound stage. Um, and it was done with video camera, with big television cameras and, and everything was done, um, uh, with three walls. So they had a big, uh, corridor down the middle with sets on both sides and you, they would shoot, um, they'd have three cameras going and they would shoot from the different angles, but everything was kind of pointing in at the, um, at the set and the director wasn't there. Uh, in, in, uh, on the, on the soundstage with you, he was up in a control room where he was watching all of the monitors and he would get on the, on the loudspeaker, like the voice of God and said, uh, can you move over, uh, five paces to your left? And the other thing I will never forget was how picky they were with any, any little things like if you missed a two or a butt or a four, somebody would come on the loudspeaker and said, um, uh, you missed the, uh, uh, you changed the line on such and such. Can you go back to the script and dialogue? And I went, Oh, okay. So you can't do that. You know, usually you can play a little bit and make it your own, but no, not these guys. It was, you did the lines the way they were written. Wow. No leeway. Lots of fun. (laughs) No, none whatsoever. And that's, uh, well, I'll tell you where that happens. That happens in soap operas and shows that were shot on video as, uh, as saved by the bell was, it was different. I don't know why there'd be a difference between shows on video and shows on film, but yeah. there was, there was interesting. So well, what, do you what else can about, I, what uh, else? Uh, some of your guest stars on that episode, uh, Melody Rogers, who played uh, Zach's mom and then Jennifer McComb, who played your daughter in the episode. Oh, again, uh, you know, they were both, they were both terrific. You know, I, I bumped into the young woman who played my daughter. Oh my God. Years and years later, I was at some audition and she walked up and said, do you remember me? And I looked at her and I thought, no, but I went, sure. Uh, what did we do together? And then she said, saved by the bell. And I looked at her and I went, 
Oh my God. And I told her, I said, I got to tell you the truth is I didn't know who you were when you walked up. And she says, no, I don't look the same at all. Um, <laughs> and yes, she, no, she was lovely. She was lovely. We had a, we had a good time working and, and, uh, uh, Melody was terrific as well. I, you know, it's rare when you don't, uh, uh, when you don't, when you find somebody who's not, you know, uh, fun to work with. We're, we all, we all get on there. We get on the show and we're guest stars and, um, we're all trying to do our best to do our best work. And, and, uh, you do your best work when you, when you get along with people and, and you feel comfortable with people. And that, uh, that's been my, the majority of my experiences in uh, 43 years now that I've been an actor. Well, so. your role as Frank Benton on, on the show, um, it, this is kind of a, I don't know how familiar you, you were with Say by the Bell before being on it, but this was kind of a, um, you know, explored a little bit more uh, deeper topics than, than typical, uh, you know, Saturday morning comedy. This is has to do with, you know, a, a homeless family that kind of comes into the into the lives of, of Zach and, and his friends and you playing the part of Frank as, as a homeless man. And uh, it was the first time, you know, as a kid, I'd ever really seen that on television. It really was impactful. Just the way you played the role, you know, you, you just came across as this with this warm down on his luck person. And, it, you, you know, you just your heart goes out to to the character. I mean, w when you play a character like that, is there w what kind of did you want to put into that and showcasing that, hey, this is not just, a, you know, a, a typical homeless person. This is someone that really does, you know, just need need a little help and a little, you know, kick in the right direction. So when I came to. To, to Frank, first of all, you, you, you work with what you've got on the page. So here, those lines that I had, I, I did not ad lib anything. I mean, they didn't, they didn't allow for that on that particular show. So my first clues as to who the guy is and, and how he relates to the people around him are the words on the page. So we had those words, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we talked about them. Um, let me just go click it on here. Okay. So, um, it didn't happen all at once. He said, remember first the computer plant I, I worked in closed down. I couldn't find another job and well, there it is, you know? Um, so you, you start working from the, the, the words that you have and you look at the words that other people are saying to you because it's all, uh, uh, grist for the mill, if you will. Everything feeds your imagination, and how you're going to interact with all of these with all of these new people that essentially you're meeting for the first time. I mean, I was, uh, as I recall, I think I was several days um, filming uh, those those uh, uh, those two episodes or however many did I do two or three? Two. You guys remember? <laughs> okay thanks it's a long time ago so um yeah uh, so the 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 information comes to you from the script from the the director um who may have some ideas uh, sometimes they do sometimes they don't i mean you know it's all kinds of different ways that these these things go that's awesome Stephen. we love to hear that and we've yeah. steven we've got this scene here from say by the bell uh home for christmas and I gave that to you, and we're just excited that yeah. you're on with us here and that we're going to be able to do this today. Of course, sure. you're going to play Frank Benton, and Absolutely. I will do my best to play Zach Morris, and I'll get us underway. Go ahead. We love meeting different kinds of people. I mean... You mean you've never known any homeless people before? No, I mean people with 
big appetite to pass out in malls. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay, Zach. I never knew any homeless people before either. Well, till I became one. Well, um, how did it happen? Uh, well, it didn't happen all at once. First, the computer plant that I worked in closed down. I couldn't find another job. Then one month the rent was due and I didn't have it. So we were homeless. I go for an interview, but I have no home address, no phone number, and just one rumpled suit. So they hire someone else every time. And scene, Stephen, that was great. <laughs> Going down memory lane. I mean, 29 years. I'm sure you haven't done those lines since then. Nope. I have not even thought about those lines since then. <laughs> Although every once in a while, I got to tell you, um, the way residuals work, you know what I mean when I say residuals? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. So residuals are based on what your original fee was and how many times the show has aired. So this show, these shows have aired many, many, many times, and it keeps going down and down and down. But every so often, I get a check for around $13. <laughs> hey, can't beat that. <laughs> which, which, uh, which reminds me. But you know, I mean, I, I it was a it was a terrific time. I didn't realize it was quite that long ago. But you know, my career has uh, it's been it's been a really really terrific uh, a terrific career. And I and I just recorded finished recording my very first album. Um, That's which awesome. Which is now out on yeah yeah yeah. It's called Sing Me a Story. Because I, I figured that's what I really do. I like the story songs and the ballads. And, and the, I do love the sad songs, too. Although I, it's not all sad. So it's, um, so I called it, I was going to call it Sing Me a Story, Tell Me a Song. Uh, but my fiancé said, that's too long, shorten it. I went, yeah. okay. And, <laughs> oh, all right. Um, <laughs> so that's out. It's out on Spotify, it's on uh, iTunes, it's on Google Music, YouTube Music, it's on Napster. I didn't even know Napster was still around. Me neither. Um, hey. it's, it's, it's out everywhere, and uh, boy, I, I hope uh, people will, uh, will give it a listen. Sing me a story. Thanks for coming on and doing this with us. It was just a, a pleasure. Congratulations on the new album. It is tremendous. I uh, hope everybody will check that out anywhere uh, that you can get your music, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music. It's all there. Stephen, it's just been a pleasure. Thanks so much. And like you said, um, happy holidays to you at the beginning. Um, happy holidays to you. And I just certainly hope it's great and continued success, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It was a great, uh, a great time. I hope I didn't talk your ear off. You're oh, tremendous. Absolute pleasure. We're honored to have you on, Stephen. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays. Well, there you have it. You guys got to redo the line, and you were able to do it without laughing. I commend you. Yeah, I was a little worried there that you might start laughing. And of course, whenever that happens, I'm gone. It's over. End the show. There's no coming back from it. 
Uh, so luckily you didn't do that. So I didn't do it. And we were able to make it through the scene and, uh, we can't thank Stephen Mendel enough for coming on, uh, talking about some of those moments, reliving his time on Save of the Bell. Uh, he, he remembered a lot and, uh, just working with the cast and, uh, uh, the main cast with the kids as well as, uh, Melody Rogers and Jennifer McComb, who played Laura. Uh, so it was great to catch up with him, do the scene, go down memory lane and, uh, of course, he, he does music now and has, a, has an album out, so we've got to check that out. Well, I do like the moment where, um, as uh, Frank and Laura kind of leave for the night, they thank them for having them for dinner, and that they're, it's the first time they've been asked to, to go to dinner, to hang out with anyone uh, since they've been in L.A. And so they leave, and you're not quite sure where they're going because they are homeless, so you just see them disappear. And Zach and his mom hug um, after Frank and Laura leave, and it shows that you know, they're, they're blessed with what they have and they feel good for helping this family out. It's just a cool moment. I thought between Zach and his mom there, um, I really like that. And, and we go back to Moody store for men where Laura wants to buy a sports coat for her father to help him get a job interview. He said, you know, he, he can't get a job interview because he has just one ratty suit. So she's wanting to buy him this jacket. She asked Mr. Moody for an advance on her salary, but guess what? He is a Mr. Scrooge all the way, and he says no. <laughs> Kelly tries to make him reconsider and tells him that Laura is homeless mistakenly, and he said he never would have hired her if he knew she was homeless, and Kelly tries to set the sports coat aside to buy for Laura. This is kind of where the episode starts kind of um, going off a cliff a little bit for me, the, the sports coat and the accusations and some of the stuff that happens coming up here is, is not quite as good as the first part of this episode for me. You yeah, just- I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, we said that I went off the rails there with the story uh, about uh, pet store Santas, and uh, this episode goes off the rails, and not in a fun way uh, for me either, with the Christmas Carol brought to you by Moody's Store for Men. And uh, just the whole play was okay. Uh, I, I feel like we could have done without actually going through the entire play. Uh, I kind of understand why they did it, especially uh, committing to two parts. They've got to fill that time. But like you said earlier, I think this could have been a one-part episode to cut out uh, Screech with the uh, baby that wets itself, uh, cut out all of that, and uh, cut out the whole play here. It just wasn't working for me. Of course, Moody accuses Laura of stealing the sports coat and is going to call 911. And then Kelly comes in and says, uh, no, I put that sports coat aside. And so Mr. Moody has misjudged Laura is what we come to know. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm all for sponsorships. You know that here on Save by Nostalgia, <laughs> we will take any and all comers. We have had some before. We have them again. Uh, and and Moody Store for Men presenting the, the, A Christmas Carol. I think that there's some merit there, but you're right. Going through the whole thing, you've got Slater as Tiny Tim and um, Screech as Mr. Scrooge. And I, I just the whole thing, it was just a little a lot, a lot of overacting um, yeah. by everyone involved, clearly. And But, you know, again, I, I get why they did it. And it was uh, they, they were able to get Laura in the play as the I believe the Ghost of Christmas present. Yes. And. Yeah, I, I actually got that right. I surprisingly was still very much dialed in <laughs> at that point. But uh, <laughs> obviously, I mean, I even have in my notes here that the play is ridiculous. I mean, it, I mean, it, it just is. But I get it. And um, then, well, I mean, Zach's um, mom is playing Mary Cratchit, and Zach's playing Bob Cratchit. Right. So right there, uh, that's a little off for you. The next part is everybody kind of fanning out to try to find Frank and Laura. She's ran away, and and. She's 
obviously embarrassed about being accused of theft. She's missing, and they find her and Frank in this beat-up old car in a parking lot of a Christmas tree store. This part's always kind of been one that like people will tell me that they laugh about. And I get that it's supposed to be serious. I get that it's like, wow, this family's living in their car. But there was something about the way it was presented. And Zach saying, you live in your car? <laughs> Just kind of like, I can't help but, but kind of laugh, even though it's a serious moment. Am I the only one? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I'll feel horrible. I think you are the only one. Until you mentioned it right there, I, I hadn't laughed at that scene. So... Uh, maybe I'm uh, just behind the time. Maybe I'm so in the Christmas mode and watching it in the feel good that uh, I can't laugh at that. But I did before they run off to find Laura. They're in the mall. They're wondering where she is. Zach messes up a line. Uh, he says, we got to get find Laura. And he, he was going to say get and then switches to find Laura. And it, they let that through. They let that that made it past the, the editing board, the director, everyone watching in. We got to get find Laura. So I, I hadn't noticed that before, but just watching it this time, I realized uh, Mark Paul messes up a line there and it made it through. Yeah, that has happened a couple times uh, throughout the series. We have seen a couple lines get uh, passed over. They're like, you know what? Good enough. Keep rolling. No problem there. Um, so now we get to the final scene of the, of the episode, which I think is very well done. They do wrap this up nicely. Uh, the gang is all over at the Morris's house. Again, where is Zach's dad? He's out of town on Christmas. Very odd. <laughs> Uh, they have him over for Christmas Eve. They just couldn't get John Sandifer. He was on retainer. They couldn't get him for that episode. Uh, and they have everybody over. They've got Laura and Frank over there in the gang. And Mr. Moody comes by himself. He has sort of his Mr. Scrooge moment. And he gives uh, the sports jacket to, to Laura to give to her dad. Uh, Zach And Zach asks Laura and Frank to stay at their house until they get back on their feet. A big commitment. Obviously, this family's made an impact. They want Frank and, and Laura to stay at the Morris's house and... John Sandiford as Derek Morse is there in spirit because Zach said that he talked to his dad and it's okay. So uh, he, he's he's there in spirit. He's delivering the uh, goodwill amongst uh, fellow man as he says, yes, Zach, it's okay if these homeless people that I've never met stay there until they get back on their feet. Uh, no matter how long it takes, I'm just going to come back and meet them. All will be well. Uh, my wife and my son are home alone with homeless people that uh, I'm allowing to stay there and could be butchered. I could be coming home to a gruesome Christmas scene. <laughs> but no, I'm good with it. Let these people stay here. I don't know them. They turn out to be very sweet people. I love uh, Frank Benton's character and Laura. They're very nice. But Derek Morris doesn't know this. No, right. It's it's kind of funny. They just speak for him. It's oh, he likes having people around. It'll be great. Um, they do close out with a, a great rendition of Silent Night. Frank says there's one thing that we can give back to you. And they all sing Silent Night together as we go to credits. And I love the ending of this. I love the scene back at the Morris's house. There, a lot of the part two of the episode I could have done without, uh, to be honest. Um, probably could have wrapped this up in one episode, but uh, ambitious for Saved by the Bell, ambitious for Saturday mornings on NBC at the time. And overall, uh, I think this was a, a good a good attempt at doing something different. I applaud the, this for that because they go, uh, they're, they're, they're filming on different sets. They're at Zach's house. They're at the mall. They're doing a lot of different things that the, we don't see normally at Bayside. So for that, I give this episode, uh, I, give the, I give it a thumbs up, to be honest, because um, it's, it's one that I always remember from my childhood. And... Uh, the homeless situation is something that I think a lot of kids like maybe didn't know a lot about the homeless or, or what, why people are homeless. And this 
was a very warm, touching way to kind of clue kids in that not everybody has, you know, what some of us have, and, and that some people just need help and need a helping hand. So I think this episode did justice to that. It did. I know it did for me growing up. I didn't really understand why people were homeless. How could that possibly happen? Uh, that's impossible. Just get a job and work at it and make money and live. Like uh, as a kid, I didn't understand it. And uh, this kind of shined a light onto the situation and that, hey, uh, people get laid off. They're not just, these jobs don't stay open forever. That's something I didn't realize. Like people just get laid off. Like I thought the only way you could really lose a job is if you just didn't do the job well enough, you got fired. But he said his uh, the computer plant that he worked at closed down. And so all these workers got laid off and he was out of work and he, it's tough finding a work and job and the rent came due and he couldn't afford it. And he's out on the street. And then when you try to interview for, for jobs, you, you don't look well, you, you probably don't smell well, your appearance isn't well. So you're getting passed over time after time after time. And it just spirals out of control. And so the shine a light on it, it uh, t brought on and took on a, a serious topic and uh, it did it well, and uh, it was a warm moment and a real moment, and I thought Stephen Mendel as Frank Benton did an amazing job to bring light to that topic and give the character a soft touch, and you felt sorry for him and wanted him to get back on his feet and, and love that the Morrises invited him back into their home. And it, like you said, the second part maybe could have been cut down and it could have been into one episode, but they ended it well. That moment at Zach's house was great. Ending on silent night uh, with the Benton singing and everyone joining in uh, was a beautiful ending to this heartwarming two part episodes uh, that say by the bell tackled. And one thing that I have here at the end where he puts on the sport code and Zach says, Hey, you guys can stay here for as long as you want. Uh, Frank, I don't know if he's trying to pull the wool over the Morris's eyes here. You never, of course, I don't feel that way because I love Frank and his character. But it, I thought it was kind of funny and maybe a little suspicious when he says, "Like, well, it could take a long time to find another job." It's like, is he going to fake look for jobs, fake apply just so he can stay in this nice house, be taken care of, just rest, relax, have some time <laughs> off, and just? eat them out of house and home and take great <laughs> showers and just have everything provided for him and done. Or is he really going to find a job and get out there as soon as he can? It just, it made my mind, uh, the gears on my mind turn there a little bit. Well, we never see Frank or Laura again. So we assume that the job hunt was short and that they were back on their feet and Laura and Zach broke up because Zach realized he can do a lot better. And now that uh, Laura and Frank are back on their feet, there's no real reason to keep in touch with the Bittens, but heartwarming moment. Great stuff, and I hope each and every one of you have a safe and happy holiday season, of course, and a Merry Christmas here from us. We wanted to make sure that this episode coincided with Christmas this year. It was just too perfect. As we continue on with Season 3 of Saved by the Bell, we've got some big things coming up. We've got some big movies coming up. We've got the rest of Saved by the Bell, so keep it tuned here. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Leave us a star rating and a review. We always appreciate it. That's how we're able to continue bringing on great guests like Stephen Mendel today. Noah, my heart is completely filled. I am about to go nestle uh, in my bed, awaiting a long winter's nap. Christmas is upon us, my friend. Merry Christmas to you. And I tell you what, uh, this episode has just got me in all the feels, and I'm ready to enjoy the best Christmas yet, and I hope you are as well.